on this week's episode of Homework Hour, we have on James Erb. James was a buddy of mine from college and played on my Ultimate Frisbee team back at RIT. Since then, he's gotten married, landed a job as a mechanical engineer out in Buffalo, and has even pursued his passion of photography and video editing by starting a side business shooting weddings. It was a great interview, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today we have a good friend of mine on, James Erb. James Erb was also an RIT alumni, just like me and Nate, and he actually played Ultimate Frisbee with me. So we were both RIT Spudheads, that was our team name, and you know what? I'm excited to have him on. We can pick his brain, He's he's got some great ideas, he's got some great thoughts that he wants to throw back at us. James, how's it going, man? It's going great. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. First podcast I've ever been on, so that's pretty exciting. Oh yeah, we're honored, dude. Uh, it's ex- it's exciting to get, you know, like start talking again. Like when we were just talking a little bit before, but the last time we spoke was probably a little over a year ago, and before that, maybe a couple years. So it's it's been a while since we had, you know, like face to face time. And now we're just now we're just throwing a third face in. We got Nate. Yeah, Nate's gonna get to enjoy Who's this, this little... guy. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be amazing. So first and foremost, man. Um, yeah, what have you been up to? What's going on? Well, uh, I guess I'll kind of start off where we left off, which would have been college. So that was four years ago, crazily. Uh, time goes by fast. But um, yeah, the past few years, I um, moved to Buffalo, uh, work as a mechanical engineer, got married last year, and just been living, uh, living in the Buffalo area, doing my thing, looking to uh, buy a house now. I know I mentioned that earlier, but kind of a quick summary of where I'm at right now. James, what is your thing? My thing? Yeah, yeah, you're doing your thing over there in Buffalo. What, what, what is that? Um, well, I guess you'd say my job, and then I also spent a lot of time playing Ultimate Frisbee still. I uh, play on a club team in the summer, mm-hmm. um, whenever that's going, but that didn't happen this year, so that was kind of a bummer. Um, and then another thing I spend a lot of time on is shooting wedding videos for uh, couples that hire me to capture their wedding day. So, so those three things are the outside of spending time with my wife and my family, uh, the main three things that occupy my time these days. Man, dude, that's crazy. Also, um, another congrats for being married. That's awesome. I know I probably congratulated you last year, but I'm going to congratulate did. you in I person again. That. Congrats, <laughs> that's James. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That's crazy. And before we get into the wedding, like photography and videography and stuff, I like when we were still in school, you were very interested in just, you know, video editing in general. Like, I kind of want to know, like, what got you into like that creative space? Like what, how did that passion drive from, you know, like just shooting videos of like the ultimate team getting, getting sweet, like highlight videos of not me. I wasn't really in much of them. I made maybe like three cameo appearances. Three cameo appearances. I didn't really understand yep. the game at that point. So 
it's it's fair that I wasn't in many of them, but you got some sweet clips of some of our teammates, you know, laying out, just playing some playing some discs. So from there, it translated to taking fi- pictures, photography, making like insane like edits. Like, kind of just tell me like how you got into that. Yeah, honestly, that's kind of been it's been a whirlwind. I guess is like the cliche word I would use to describe it because yeah, it kind of started like in college, like you mentioned. Um, like right before college, I was like casually into like making videos here and there. Um, but I always had a lot of fun with like sports and action and stuff like that. So then when I got to college, I was like, oh, shoot all my friends playing ultimate, doing cool stuff, you know, like try and make us look cool on YouTube. Um, yeah, then I graduated and, um, my girlfriend at the time was now my wife. She is actually, or when we started dating, she was just getting into wedding photography and right when I graduated, um, she had a wedding coming up and she was like, Hey, I'm shooting my friend's wedding. They don't have a videographer. And like, she knew how much I loved, you know, shooting videos of all of us and doing nonsense like that. Um, she was like, you know, you should, you should probably try and shoot your, their wedding if you want to. And I was like, Oh really? That would be super fun. I was like, but do they want someone who's never shot a wedding before to, to try this out? Um, she's like, no, just do it. Like give your best shot. You know, they'll be thrilled to have a video of their day. And, um, so I gave it a shot and I loved it. A lot of people who um, are into videography might try a wedding and they actually, you know, they end up not really liking that much because it's, it's a completely different ballgame than just like going out and casually shooting whatever you want. It's pretty high stakes, you know, fast paced. Um, and then, you know, the editing, you got to be pretty creative with that. But I shot my first one and, and I was, I was in love with it and uh, it turned out really well in hindsight it's not my best work because it's my first one but um they loved it everyone was pretty happy and that's kind of um kind of went from there i got another wedding the next year um again with my wife when we were dating back then and then after i shot those two it just kind of bloomed you know one wedding would bring in three more inquiries and hey can you shoot my wedding oh i know so and so that you shot can you shoot this one and then um in 2018 so about two and a half years ago i like officially launched my business you know made it official with like the um the county clerk's office or whatever and shot a bunch of weddings this, that year and tried to get really serious about it you know looked up a lot of information taught myself as much as i could um and it really just blew up from there so um i still work for full-time as i mentioned as an engineer but um on weekends whenever there's weddings i try to shoot about eight to or about 80 years about the most i can do um, which it's kind of crazy because I went from like nothing to, to that many a year as much as I can handle. So it's, uh, that's kind of the, the long story of how I got from, from where you mentioned to now. So, I mean, 80 years, a lot, dude, especially you're full time throughout the week. I mean, you're married, so you have, you know, like, I'm not gonna say a life, you have a life and then now, <laughs> and now you have to Somewhat. go to other people's weddings, yeah. uh, take, and then you have to do all the editing. So that's, that's a lot of work, dude. And that's that's still awesome like that congrats on doing that thank you how i guess what kinds of tips would you say for i don't know who's listening that is into wedding videography but i know a couple people that actually are into like they're doing a lot of wedding photography yeah and they follow my page so hopefully they follow homework hour that'd be cool (laughs) but i guess what kinds of tips would you say like how creative do you have to be like you can take like some cool shots but are there things to look for like, are there key things that you want to look for when you either take like that perfect shot or like 
I don't know, what goes through your mind when you go into that process? Um, so like you, you mean just kind of like my thought process going into shooting a wedding yeah, day? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. That was, that was a lot that I just, threw yeah. at you, so <laughs> digest it how you want. Yeah. I think the biggest thing about shooting a wedding, if that's what, you know, you're specifically talking about is making sure you get the shot. That's obviously, it sounds kind of simple and obvious, but, um, it's really critical because one, a wedding is such a big special day that, you know, you can't miss anything. Um, or I guess you don't want to miss anything, but at the same time, you can't get caught up in like trying to be too creative or, um, you know, too special with like what you're doing. And then you miss a moment or it doesn't look as great, you know, as it is. Cause that's kind of the beauty with weddings. Um, they're kind of beautiful in themselves, like everything that's happening, you know, it's like a really special moment, two people coming together, two families coming together, you know, there's so much happiness and joy. Um, so that's the big thing for me around what I do is making sure I'm prepared to never miss a moment. And a lot of times not trying to overcomplicate it, you know, just if I'm recording something, maybe, you know, not trying to move around so much and just like holding still, letting the moment play out in the frame, you know, that kind of stuff, I guess. It's very generalized, but. I mean, that's a, that's a fair point for me. Like I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like I would just take a camera. I would just take a video video camcorder and i'm just like i think i would just be like like speechless and like shocked i think i would just be too nervous to like even do that because that is an important moment and i i I think i'm just too i think i'm too detailed that i'm just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna mess it up and then i'm just gonna like be like crap i missed the moment right then i missed another moment and then it would just kind of like spiral down i definitely like face that every wedding even before each wedding i shoot i just get like super nervous right before i get there and it I've kind of compared it to, to like, um, playing a sport or even like frisbee tournaments, you know, that we played in it'd be like, be really excited about it. And like, right before the game, you might get really nervous, but then like it starts and you're like in the zone all day, especially as like a solo shooter. Cause I'm all about myself. It's just like, you know, you got to capture everything, got to be on top of it. Um, you know, it's kind of like, it's almost, almost kind of competitive, kind of competitive against yourself. So I, I find it fun in that way. Yeah, that's probably a sign that you do good work, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I you're ner- so. you're nervous to like I don't know, perform your best. So it that probably translates, you know, within your actual, you know, videos that you do take. Um would you would you say that like the actual big moment of a wedding itself, uh you know, two people coming together just like you were saying is kind of the key element in why you kind of fell in love with video like I keep on in my my word the word in my head is like videographing, like, <laughs> but yeah. taking videos of what? Shooting I mean, that's not the things, right word. Yeah. But is that, uh, would you say that's kind of the key, like, foundation that makes you like uh, taking videos for weddings? Yeah. And I think so. A big thing about making videos, which people might not think about, um, is they're all about, like, telling a story. It's, again, it's kind of cliche, but, um, Dude, get all like the cliches really, out, man. We want yeah. to hear cliches. Just anything. let it out. Yeah, let it out. Absolutely. But where is that going with that? Yeah, even like editing, you know, ultimate Frisbee videos. It's like you're telling the story of like friends coming together to compete in the sport they love. And, you know, the game went really well and then it went bad. And then, you know, they triumph and blah, blah, um, So, yeah, I love telling a story. And on a wedding day, there's like so much to capture and so much of a story to be told. 
um, it's just it's just like really great content, honestly, because there's you know there's people sharing stories about the couple, you know, like how they know them, watching them grow up, um, how the couple met each other, and then you know the couple is maybe exchanging vows, and there's like a lot of stories there, um, and it all just kind of comes together. Uh, you know, not only is it like a beautiful moment in itself, but it's a really cool day to to kind of yeah, just like tell a story of the couple and their love story, I guess. For sure. Are there any stories that stick out like that have been your favorite out of all the weddings you've seen? Oh, that's a good question. Hopefully none of the couples that I shot are listening. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Good stories. Um, Honestly, I don't know. Just like everyone is different. You get a lot of different. um, Just like like whole sorts of different stories like some i've shot they had been dating since they were like 13 and we're finally getting married at like 27 and then you have other people like oh we rode the bus together in second grade and then never saw each other again until we were like 25 and they're like hey want to date and then they ended up getting married and like i don't know there's just a lot of different um ways people meet each other and i guess fall in love which is like really cool to see every time yeah, man. So uh, on this podcast, we're we're a big love podcast, man. We're we're currently trying to get uh, somebody to make a dating profile for um, Kosh and I, I have settled on it. You probably Kosh Tim wasn't a frisbee guy, was he? No, no he was. No, he, he was. was in, he was in, he's in my program. He, he's being me. Gotcha. Okay, so I think we've landed on Tim to make a dating profile for. So hopefully that uh, goes goes well, so that eventually. Uh, when they have a wedding that is, you know, sponsored by Homework Hour, uh, we're gonna call you, James, to capture the moment Perfect. and really get their story like locked down on video. There we go. <laughs> Homework Hour Dream Team. Absolutely, dude. Um, yeah, dude. So, what would you say is like the key element in your is like the editing process, like? Ed- I don't know. So you obviously get all your video like during the wedding day, but is there, are there key things about the editing process that make it really pop? Like, cause, uh, Akash and I have been trying to like really kind of figure out, um, I don't know, just any sort of little tips and tricks to like edit videos, you know, cause we, we like, you know, editing stuff as well, but we're not good at it. So <laughs> from a professional, what, what are your, what are your tips you say? Um, yeah, I guess first of all, it's kind of interesting you asked that about editing because I think that is like the most fun part for me. Like mm-hmm. you just basically you just grab like all this footage and you just dump it and you're like, all right, what do I do with this? And that's the point you can like craft it into whatever you want. And when you see it come together, that's like the coolest moment for me. Um, but yeah, I guess my advice in that, in that sense is um, – just keep like playing around, you know, just trying new stuff out. Um, Technically for me, a big thing has been like researching, like, all right, how do I do this specific thing in, you know, whatever editing software you're using. And then, you know, that kind of gives me ideas once I learn how to do like a really specific trick. And then on the other hand, I guess on like the creative side is like I was saying, just try stuff. So just sometimes just like throwing a bunch of footage together and like, um, you know, just throwing some music on it, you know, playing around with that, like playback speeds or like the coloring or whatever. Honestly, a lot of times I've like accidentally put a couple of clips together and I was like, Oh, that was really cool. Or it like mm-hmm. makes something click in my head. I'm like, Oh, what if I just like tried this? Um, 
So sometimes it's kind of just good to like throw everything all together and just like sit back, watch it a few times, see what it does, how it looks together, see if it like, you know, any connections fire off in your brain from watching it. So that's kind of been my experience. Awesome, man. And you're a Final Cut Pro guy, right? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I knew it. Forked I knew it. up you're those the real big deal. bucks, huh? He's the yeah, real deal, right. guys. That wedding business is making you real rich, huh? That's right. Buy that Final Cut Pro. That's why they pay me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I actually had a question about the editing, and Nate beat me mm-hmm. to it. So is there kind of, like, when you're doing, like, I guess if we were to reverse back in time and you were doing, like, wedding wedding stuff, but also, like, ultimate stuff, like, is it kind of like a left brain, right brain, like, when you think about how you want to edit it? And when I say that, I mean, that's probably not the exact analogy I wanted to use. I mean, like, you have to think about it in two different ways. Because yes. one's really serious, one's, like, a love story. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. you're trying to capture the perfect moment where ultimately you're just watching, like, dudes fly and hit the ground, like, bodies hit the floor style, whatever that song is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I get what you're saying. So you're asking me how do I how do I edit like two different styles? Or like yes. how do I think between those two things? Yes, that is yeah. exactly what I said. Yeah. I mean they are it's funny because they are very different. You would think like, oh, some kid who like shoots intense action highlight uh videos would could also capture this moment of like a groom crying as he sees his bride for the first time, you know. Um yeah, I would say the, the mindset's kind of similar because um, it's kind of just driven off of emotion for me, like no matter mm-hmm. what I'm editing. It's like, all right, what's the feel of this footage? Uh, you know, it's a Frisbee tournament. It's it's intense. Everyone's like fired up. It's, you know, it's quick it's, and, and it makes you like excited and like want to jump through a wall. And I kind of like edit off of that where it's like a wedding. I'm like, oh man, this is so beautiful. Like I want to cry. I feel like so attached to this story um you know you feel so happy and it's like again that it's kind of just driven off of the emotions so two two very different things but kind of comes from the same same mindset or same same thought process all right i I wouldn't no that does make sense uh yeah i was just kind of curious because i don't know yeah they are two different styles and one's like really like it's like soft it's like really like in tune with what's going on the other is just like again body hitting the floor like people anarchy yeah. yeah you're just looking for those drops and when when a when a song drops drop. hard you just see like crazy action and everyone's just like oh. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. have you ever accidentally like moved edm like dubstep like drop music to like a wedding and you're like whoa <laughs> like yeah that's the wrong video <laughs> wrong like, video <laughs> yeah uh, you, yeah. you should play around with that seriously though, i've seen some like pretty cool like Wedding videos are so trendy now, and then like the trendy wedding videos are even trendier. It's like the super creative people are really like becoming really popular now. And I've seen some like really um, just non-traditional like wedding videos would be the word. It's pretty cool. Like some music you wouldn't expect to see in a wedding video, they make it click really well. I don't know. It's pretty neat. I'm not sure I could pull it off, but it's pretty yeah. awesome. When stuff. you say the really creative people, do you mean like usually the bride and groom kind of set it up where like uh, it's just uh, like a it- I don't know, just the entire area is just a canvas as opposed to like, or, or some other, uh, you know, wedding that's just a little bit less uh, out there, it's, I guess. It's kind of, it's kind of like the wedding itself is creative, but it's also, there's some really creative like wedding videographers, I guess is gotcha. the point. I was 
making. Mm-hmm. Like there's some that kind of their brand thrives around being like unique and like creative and you know. Gotcha. I guess I kind of use that word a lot, but you know, just unique and different. You know, not not very uh, typical. So. Yeah. So yeah. when it came to your own wedding, who was the one doing the videography? It's <laughs> a good question. Um, <laughs> Cause so there's no way you could have done it. Cause no, you were I, in it. <laughs> I was thinking of GoPros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the joke, you know, just strap a couple of GoPros to our foreheads. It would have been, would have been perfect. Drones. Uh, drones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah drones. <laughs> and they, they got, they can like track you and record you at the same time. It's, it's pretty nuts. Um, but yeah, no, we ended up going with um, a local guy. It was like, it ended up being like a reach out to one guy. He wasn't available, but he knew someone else. Um, and it turned out really good. But the, to kind of back up, as far as choosing a videographer for my own wedding, a lot of the ones that I follow are the ones that charge like eight grand a wedding, which is like very out of the picture for us. <laughs> so yeah. it was it was kind of difficult choosing one just because yeah, obviously we have like people we look up to that are so high end, but, um, yeah, anyway, so after we realized that was not plausible, we, um, reached out to some people we knew around here and ended up, uh, hiring a guy that my wife went to college with and he was like, a, I think he was like a film major or something. I don't know, but he does it full time, not, um, necessarily like making movies, but he works in, in, uh, video production and he did a really good job put together a little highlight film for us and I got all the raw footage from him, which was really cool. So I like made a little highlight film, um, of our wedding myself too. So it was pretty cool seeing myself recording because I'm usually on the other side of the camera. So that was yeah, a change yeah. of pace. So did this guy have to go through some rigorous James Herb, uh, videography boot camp <laughs> before he could, I, uh, yeah, I tried to be nice, tried to take it easy on him, but no, it was just, <laughs> I probably asked way, way more technical questions than anyone else did. I wasn't like gonna, cause I had seen his work. So I knew he was like pretty good, but mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, what are you shooting on? Like what settings are you use? Like, Oh, what software do you add it on? And we were talking about gear. So that was actually pretty cool. Cause he showed up um, on our wedding day and you know, he's got like his camera rig. I was like, Oh, like, what's this and that. And we we're like talking about things yeah. and all my groomsmen are just like, look at James over there nerding out over this camera. <laughs> 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 Yeah. was your yeah, wife was like james fun. stop talking to the camera guy yeah. oh my god we have a wedding to do yeah right <laughs> yeah. yeah it's cool it worked out worked out well like i said it was weird being on the other side of the camera i it's it's so much easier recording someone yourself and be like no it's fine just relax like it's not that big a deal and then you're on the other side of the lens and you just like freeze up like what do i do gotcha Where do so I put my hands yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The red the scene from Talladega Nights. It's like, what do I do with yeah, my hands? I mean, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, so James, you've seen uh, a thousand weddings. You've been in a wedding yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some wedding tips for Akash and I when we finally find those lucky ladies? Oh man, where do I begin? <laughs> uh. How about finding us people to wed? There we go. Now we can go from there. No, gosh, it'll happen, man. We just got to give it time, you know? Let it be a a public announcement. Gosh and I want to go. Like a slow roast. Yeah, let it baste. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I don't even think that's like a... Let it baste. Let it baste. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god, that makes sense. Yeah, I know it doesn't make sense. James, hit us with your knowledge, my friend. All right. Well, geez, weddings are a lot, man. I think the biggest thing (laughs) is just do what you want. Like, I've heard, um, just like so many people when they get married, they're like, "Oh, my mom wants this, my mother-in-law wants that." You know, like, "Oh, we can't do this, or my whole family will be upset." It's like, dude, it's your wedding day. Just like do what you want. If you and your fiance or you know spouse, whatever are happy with it and you know like you can afford it by all means just like do what you want because then you have fun and everyone will see that you're happy and everyone else will be happy and it's a good time so i'd say that's easiest one simplest advice i can give go with your own flow don't listen to your parents yep. see that's you right. mom and dad yep. <laughs> <Peace>. <laughs> yeah yeah one thing we also did too and i guess it doesn't necessarily apply to everyone but one of like my surprise favorite things for my wedding. And I guess I, it was a complete surprise because a couple of my friends had done it, but we weren't sure we were able to work it out. And that was hosting like an after party after the reception. So this doesn't apply to everyone because sometimes you can host your reception until like 1 a.m. if you want, depending where your venue is. Um, but ours was actually at a state park because of that. We had to leave by 10, which is really early for a wedding mm-hmm. if you want to have a big party. Um, so we ended up, like, I guess you could say kind of renting out this like big outdoor bar area. So it was like super informal and it was at a different location from our wedding. But after the reception was over, we just kind of spread the word again, like super informal, all our friends and like, you know, people we knew that would want to stay out late and we're just like, Hey, come to this place after the reception. Let's all hang out, like have drinks. And it was so much fun because your wedding day, again, cliches, it goes by like that. And you try to talk to everyone and you, you know, you just can't, but, um, we got to host this after party and like all of our closest friends that we barely got to spend any time with during the wedding. Cause you know, we're with our, you know, our family and like the main people in the wedding day all day. We just got to like hang out, catch up, just like soak in the moment of just like this being the funnest day of our lives, the, you know, and everyone was there. It was, it was really awesome. Cause that was, um, a moment that I got to catch up with people like that, you know, uh, couch, like, uh, Connor and Chris and sauce, you know, guys, I don't get to see that often, but you know, they're really important to me and they came up for a wedding and, you know, I got to hang out with them for a long time afterwards and it was, it's good stuff. So definitely recommend some sort of late night casual after party if you can pull it off. I mean, that, that's a really good point. Cause I want to bring up like my sister got married two years ago now and I wasn't like, Obviously, I wasn't getting married, but Indian weddings are pretty big, just just in general. So oh, yeah. I I kind of like just because like I was like hanging out with my sister most of the time, like we were just kind of like dancing, like hang, like talking to as many people as possible. But like, yeah, it does go quick. Like I'm pretty sure like we barely missed the food. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> we just, I believe we it. Just, it just completely passed us. Like I'm pretty sure like we we were able to like eat just like someone would get some food. Like oh, we'll just like pick off that. But it's just like holy crap, there's like five minutes till like dinner's over. I'm like oh my god, we just like. We missed it. We, we just got we here. Doing? We just got here like six hours yeah. ago. Like, where did the time go? But that's it. That's a cool point, and definitely, definitely, I like that. I like that informal yeah. uh, after. That would be really cool. Yeah, just Akash. soak in the moment. Yeah, Akash, how overwhelmed was Nate during that uh, Indian wedding? Oh, very, very. But she kept it cool. She kept it cool. She did. She did a good job. She did it. <laughs> Yeah, nice. got through it. <laughs> how how big was your uh, how big was that wedding? Oh man, dude, we probably had six hundred plus people. 
Oh my I, okay, God. okay, I I know, and like that sounds that sounds like a lot to everyone, but that's but just, I know like, that's so normal for Indian weddings. That's so normal. So like when you were saying, oh, do what you want to do, I told my mom and dad that hey, I want ten people there, five from my side, five from the, like her side. Hopefully, like the main family. She's like, oh, what about your sister's uh, like husband? I'm like, uh, okay, fine, he can True. come. He's like, but what about him? <laughs> what about him? Like, mom, that's over the yeah. limit. It's supposed yep. to be small. You're ruining this, and she's, and it just kind of goes like, oh, you know someone who knows someone who knows someone. That's just Mm kind of how it is. So it's like, oh, so like it's gonna be bigger than her. She's like, no, 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 it might not be. I'm like, thanks. So it's gonna be big, and it's more for the parents. So if they're happy, I'm happy with that. So I, I don't have a personal preference, but it's just a completely different mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've heard a lot about. I've not. I really don't have much experience with Indian weddings, but I've heard a lot about them, and I hear they're like enormous. Aren't they like multiple? You right there? Yeah, Kosh, you got a fire going? I hope not. Is that really ours? All right, Nate, give an ad reader, do something. <laughs> fire break? Dude, okay, no, no, no. I'll tell. Uh, so, so James, Akash, so the, Akash just told you about his sister's wedding. I tried to get into that wedding. So he told, he told uh, a group of probably about five or six of us to like show up because it was at the Turning Stone. Okay. Uh, which is a casino here in upstate New York. Yep. And uh, he told he goes five or six of you guys dress up in, just get decked out for a wedding. Maybe we can get you in. Um, and I got so close. One of one of our friends got in. Like we got a room there and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. So we just kept trying to sneak in. One of our friends got in, and I tried a couple go in after. And one of his aunts busted me. Oh uh, no! Like, I mean, it's not like. like I mean, I know Akash, obviously, you know, I, yeah. I just, I just melted under pressure. You know what I mean? I don't know these, I don't know his family, uh, all too well, you know? So it was like, I know the cousins very well. I don't know the, like, you know, yeah. his, the parents of those cousins. Uh, I would have been so nervous. Yeah, dude. I tried and I tried. How was it just the family though that caught you? Like they didn't have people looking out. It was literally just like, Hey, I don't recognize that guy. What's he doing here? No, no, no. It, it was like right at you. the door. The uh, talking about Nate trying to sneak into my uh, (laughs) session. Oh yeah, gosh, what what was the deal with that? What was what was what's the magic password to like sneak in? I don't know. I literally texted you guys. I'm like, wait here. I'll come find you. Bring you in. That was that was it. And then you guys weren't there when I grabbed the first group. So then you guys just tried walking in yourself. So I mean, like if if I was there, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't say anything considering. I kind of know the bride, you know, <laughs> but no, it's just weird. They just, they get stopped at the door and they're like, okay. And they just turn around and like, just text me, like, give me a call do something. I probably wouldn't have answered right away, but yeah. I could have gotten Too busy in. trying to find that food. Y- yeah, exactly. I forgot <laughs> about it. Yeah. James, you yeah. think with, uh, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think you'd think with that many people at a wedding, it'd be so easy to sneak in. Cause like, they can't all possibly know each other. Like even at my own wedding, it was, there was people there I had never met before, <laughs> and mine was only one thirty, I think. So, yeah. but yeah. just on high alert, I guess. James, you guys, you guys, uh, yeah, should have waited for us. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. I we were at the casino. I, mean, it's fine. I was excited. I was like, look at all the people. It looks so fun. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so I just tried to like, I don't know, swan dive in. Uh, but it didn't work. Uh, James, do at at these after parties of these weddings, do they ever like say like, James, put the camera, put the camera down, man, come have some fun with us, and you guys like party all night long, or, or how does that work? Well, 
if I was cool enough to make it to all the after parties, maybe. <laughs> but oh, uh, okay. no, I, I actually usually don't shoot till the end of the night. Um, there have been a few times, and this was really cool. Uh, brides or couples were like, hey, like when the night's over and you're done shooting, like feel free to have a beer and just like hang out with us and everything. So that was really cool. But um, yeah, usually, usually I'm done before before the party ends. So I see. I'll have to look into that though. Damn, life of my a way into some after parties. photographer. <laughs> a little asterisk by your by your uh, yeah. quote or whatever or your yeah. prize. <laughs> Includes include after, after party admission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so James, I noticed at the be- at like kind of um, a couple minutes ago, you called Akash Couch. Ooh. That's right. Uh, so what? Where did that nickname start? Oh, jeez. That's a that's a great story. Let me tell you, <laughs> not, it's not a good story, but that's uh, oh, a great story. I'll, I'll, the listeners are probably curious. So, um, but yeah, we so as you know, Couch and I played ultimate together in college, and one of the big things with the frisbee team is every spring break we go on a um, this big spring break trip to you know, somewhere in the south. Usually, there's a tournament hosted where you get to play all week and just like hang out usually near the coast so you can like hang out at the beach run a house it's a ton of fun um so i think it was probably your freshman year right Couch? that was my first freshman year on the year. team yep yeah so it's one night we're all being really stupid probably all really drunk <laughs> and i think i want to say correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure kosh was passed out on the couch in the kitchen <laughs> or like near the kitchen and we're all just like said something about him and and me being stupid was just like oh it's cash on a couch a couch and he just became a couch or a couch for short so and it stuck i figured there was some akash plus couch mm-hmm. pairing like moment of realization like yeah we all thought we were like geniuses in the moment but it was just <laughs> one of those kind of drunk stupid ideas yeah and a little spin on that because I remember that very vividly as I wasn't as hammered that first night because that okay. was the very first could, night of spring break. I couldn't remember if you were awake or not or what. Oh, I was awake. <laughs> I was awake for so long. So the way that this house was, was you had the living room and then it was open concept, which is lovely at times. We gotta love but, open concept. <laughs> but when you're sleeping in the living room and it's open concept to the kitchen. Oh, that's right. You had to sleep in the living room. <laughs> I had to sleep in the living room. I got I got shafted, which is fair, yep. but yep. I got shafted. I was on the couch and it's 4.30, 5 a.m. in the morning. And yep. granted, I didn't know these kids that well at the time. I started, I started my ultimate career probably November, December of like first semester. So the right. fact that they had a spring break tournament like end of february and they're like do you want in i'm like okay yes. so, so I, I thought about this and i guess i'm a little backtracking but that's totally fine for the people i'm like Ooh, what do i do do i send it with these ultimate kids there's 20 plus kids but it's like nobody knows me i can send it with them learn to, like just make friends doing that or i can just live on the sideline oh. just be like oh and just go home and just not do anything so i'm like fuck it send it <laughs> pay the money go down and i was actually in james car that and, I, yeah you talking about that now reminded me of that that yeah, was so I'm, much fun i'm, I'm <laughs> starting to feel ride. it back so yeah. uh, shout out to everyone in the car uh maddie brian finn and james and me and that was a that, great car yeah, and a good old like, 2005 cheap liberty hell yeah hell yeah dude it was a ride and that trip actually was a big reason why i stayed at rit 
So I don't know wow. if you knew that, but oh snap, James, you're you're a big reason why I stayed at school. Oh, so so feel touched, yeah, feel the love, feel the love, just wow. soak it in. I do you matter. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> you matter. You matter much. Oh wow. In the words of me, but yeah, no, I was actually considering trans transferring because one, I feel like first I wanted to find a competitive thing to do. I think I was just getting bored not playing a sport, and I just I would have too. And I just didn't have time to do a whole varsity sport. Granted, I wasn't good enough to do a varsity sport. So it's just like, I need to do <laughs> something kind of full-time, yeah. but like give myself a little bit of, you know, freedom. And like, man, club sports, like kind of slowly started going off the checklist, like lacrosse, soccer, like there's dodgeball and like all these like things. And I just didn't really feel a fit. And then I found out about ultimate like three months too late, not too late, but I found it really late. And I just jumped into a practice, and man, dude, I was terrible. Like, I didn't understand anything. Like, I could catch, but that was it. And it was such a learning curve because everyone just assumed that since I was in the freshman class, I knew how to play. I understood formations. I knew all that. I knew nothing. I missed all that. So I was just running around with my, like, head cut off and just try, <laughs> just trying to make it, you know, trying well, to make it as a freshman. Now that you mentioned that, I remember you being at this tournament and we're all like yelling at you to do things because like by then all the freshmen knew the terms and the formations and you're just like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, Running uh, around like, yeah, your head cut off. Dude, seriously, like like uh, Connor, shout out Connor, he was just like, yo, cut four side. That's, that's a pretty common term in Ultimate. It's cutting to a mm-hmm. specific lane. And he's just yelling this at me. And I'm just running around in the end zone like, <laughs> what does that mean? He's like, you know this. We've <laughs> prepped you you are ready for the big game i'm like it's funny because i can hear him saying that (laughs) right like he's he's so pissed off he's so angry and i'm like like why are you mad at me he's like and i'm just like whatever so i was just kind of running around but anyway back to the story we get down to the house and it's super late everyone's hammered and james honestly gets way more hammered than i've seen him in the past so i think i've hung out with him like two or three times before He's the kind of guy that brings a couple IPAs, you know, good time, chill, <laughs> like good beers. And I'm like, that's that's the guy. I can talk to him, you know, good conversation. And James, you got to a level of drunk where you were just like yelling, like just like playing with uh, utensils in the kitchen. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, and it was with Chris. So Chris yes. was just egging you on because he's like, oh, James is at this level. I'm going to get at a higher level. And then you guys yes. just kind of like had like an ego race to see who could yeah. just be the most obnoxious at least but in my was mind in control and i was not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you guys are pretty much like just clashing utensils just making noise yeah. you're like yeah what's good and then you're like we had palm trees outside you're trying to climb palm trees like i'm gonna pull yep. this out of the ground and i'm like no you're not and this is all happening at 4 35 in the morning i think i just chilling in the kitchen yelling and i'm just i think at that point i just i had somewhat of a backbone and i'm like dude it's like 5 30 in the morning can you just like calm down or like shut up just a little bit and then you just backlash and you're like you're like you just put it all together it's like shut up a couch and and then you just started laughing for like the next like 20 minutes which was probably louder than like anything else oh my God. and the, and then in the morning it just stuck so that's how i remember it and everyone that's just what like made you say at rit man <laughs> you gotta yeah, think <laughs> you gotta think though uh the the reason i stayed is man dude ultimate is a community and it's a different Absolutely. community and I don't know, like, what your views on it are, but they are probably, like, the most, like, open people I've ever met. And it's just a, di- it's just a completely different sport. Like, you, like when I play any other sport, it's all competitive. It's all drive. And it's, it's fun in games. Like, you can hang out after, but it's different. 
when you play mm-hmm. ultimate people are themselves like you can so have true. the weirdest fucking people on your team and they're probably my favorite because they're themselves they're open they don't care about what anyone else thinks of them they don't care about judgment they're just playing to have fun and they don't care about what you are either you know yeah they accept you as they are and they, they're comfortable with themselves exactly and it's very transferable like you would think oh maybe it's just the school maybe it's just like different programs around the area man i live in burlington now and the way i found like my first like solid group of people i just started playing ultimate again like i joined an indoor league and bam day one you're just like everyone's just like oh hey what's going on like you just moved here Mm -hmm. cool we should get a beer like tomorrow like it's that quick it's such a quick transition i don't think i've found that in a different sport yet or just in a different hobby so it 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 completely changed me i'm like dude i'm i'm either gonna regret this or this is gonna be a lot of fun (laughs) so i stayed for four extra years and yeah that was you man you you were the Uh, you were the catalyst that's the word of the day But yeah, dude, Ultimate Ultimate is the same for me, man. I, I kind of had a similar experience the year before because I transferred. So my first spring break was the year before yours. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, it was like kind of like an awakening. And then you just like, you're just, yeah, just kind of thrown into the fire. And you're like, wow, these people are amazing, but also crazy. And yeah, like through my whole life after that, all the different Frisbee communities I've gone to between like, um, lived in like Connecticut for a little bit and then obviously all the people I knew in Rochester and now living in Buffalo it's just awesome like ultimate's the same no matter where you go the people are awesome such a great such a great such a great outlet for me I agree man and I love it we actually just started a fall league back up in Vermont and it's it's weird because uh we are we are the lowest in cases so we were man like we were allowed to do it but it's like you play in pods of like eight so you always hang out with the same eight people for like the whole like three months and you have to like have hung out with those eight people, you know. So it's like eight people okay. that I already hang out with. So it's like you're playing like mini oh, games between yeah. them. So it's just like we did a lot of like three v three, and it was fun. But man, it, it's just fun to be back out. Oh yeah, and just play. Same, again. Yeah, we just started up again here too. Uh, pickup league. Yeah, it was just great to be be back out there, just playing around with your friends. Gosh, out of all the uh, for like all the different areas that you played. Ultimate Frisbee, what, uh, is Rochester the best um, skill level of competition or what? Or, or the, the, the Vermont guys need some uh, they need some lessons from the RIT Spudsters? Is that what you guys called each other? The Spudheads. Spudheads. Spud I, I like the Spudsters. <laughs> we, should, we, should, we, should, we should change Club that. Club team? <laughs> Club team. Uh, Wildwood? Oh, that'd be good. The RIT Spudsters. Hopefully Wildwood yeah. comes back. Let's see. The toughest competition for me, so I was only in Rochester and Vermont, so those are my two bases, and I actually played club in Rochester, so there's there's a lot of high-level players in, in Rochester, and so I guess I would probably say Rochester just from playing five years at school, a year of, a year of club, but there, there, there's a, there's some, there's some good players in Vermont, but they just don't. They just don't play club anymore. It's it's a lot of like townies, oh, like, like people that hung rust. around. No, it's not even that. It's just they're 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 a little older. They're a little mm-hmm. busy. There's not really any competitive teams out there. there there's some like lower yeah. end teams, but they don't really feel like doing that. So they'll play some pickup, or they'll travel, and play somewhere else. Like I think I have a couple people that I know that play on the Royal. So there's, which is a pro team. Oh wow. Uh, but there there's some there's some there's some good talent on both sides. But I think. I think structure-wise, Rochester definitely has a lot more of it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. 
Gosh, what's yes. what was James's uh, specialty on the ultimate frisbee field? <laughs> James's specialty. Let's see. Outside of making highlight reels, <laughs> he, he had this James, wicked high release backhand. Take the video. <laughs> yeah. What's that? What'd you say, Couch? I would say James had a like a wicked high release backhand that you just throw out randomly and just like backhand, backhand, backhand. It's true. That I that I really liked. I'm like, wow, look at that go. <laughs> high release backhand. It works. It's a good. It's a it's a good throw. Mm-hmm. It's a good throw to have. Gotta gotta keep it in your bag of tricks. Yeah. I actually, uh, so more ultimate um, nerd talk, I actually have uh, the lefty backhand in my arsenal, and I, I overuse nice. it. I overuse it. But Same. it's like, it's so easy to do. It it's is. Just... It is. And everyone's always so loud. Like, oh, my God, lefty. I'm like, is that like an advantage to switch hands? or? Eh, you can. There's a couple throws you can kind of, that are like a little cheeky, we would say, like just kind of like a, like a trickster throw. It's not super reliable, but pretty flashy. And like, maybe if you catch someone off guard, you can use the lo- the opposite hand, but yeah, for the most part, it's not a huge competitive advantage. I don't know unless you have, I don't know if you disagree. I, I don't disagree. I think in certain situations it's, yeah, I guess it depends. Like if you're moving very fast, ultimate's a very fast paced game. And there's some people that like catch it and then throw it right away. Right. Yeah. So uh, for anyone that doesn't really understand, um, when you when you play ultimate like when you catch the disc you have to stop normally and then you have like a pivot foot kind of like basketball you can't really leave that pivot foot so if you're in if you're going pretty much like a catch release catch release like really fast having that lefty throw can kind of just open up like the direction you want to go in without having to pivot all the way to the other side if that kind of makes sense so in like certain instances it's very handy like for that's probably the mm-hmm. only reason like if i'm moving very very fast and i'm like resetting it or just throwing it back to the handler and just booking that would be a great throw to have in the bag and that's kind of why i learned it that's a good point i remember we would play indoor so it's on a smaller field a lot smaller than like a regular 7v7 field and you're just a bunch of short passes as fast as you can back and forth with your teammates to try and move it around quick the left hand comes in comes in handy then because then you don't have to catch it adjust your right hand and then throw, you know, you can just kind of catch it with whatever hand you got it in and then throw it immediately. So. Gotcha. So in my head, while you guys were talking that, I kind of came up with a um, oddball training technique to uh, get better at your throws. So hear me out here. Um, so with boxing, there is this like almost like styrofoam upper hat, upper body that you can put on top of like one of those water jaw wa- – water jug like stands what if you were to throw a frisbee around this boxing dummy to kind of simulate someone being in front of you because it kind of has arms i mean they they i mean they kind of chopped them off his styrofoam body but like (laughs) like he kind of has some sort of some like wingspan a little bit like shoulder span what do you think of this idea? Yeah, you guys are looking at me like, dude, come on. <laughs> I think it's a no, good I, idea. Yeah, I was going to say one of the biggest things about like, or the one of the biggest, one of the easiest things to lose a step on in the off season is remembering how to like throw around people because you just like, you know, aren't used to it. Um, I'm sitting around all winter. So something like that could be handy just to like keep that going. Interesting. It would really so, be nice if someone was on the other side of it too. So you don't have to keep 
getting it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, fe- so like, like playing catch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right. All right. So would you say Ultimate Frisbee helps you with Can Jam? Somewhat. Uh, I still don't like whenever I go to like family get togethers, everyone's like, oh, he plays Ultimate. He's going to like kill us all in Can Jam. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it helps me throw straight, but like Can Jam's. Kanjim's actually like it's you know it's all another different whole other sport in a sense, but throws are more consistent. But knowing how to throw well in Kanjim's kind of a different animal. Gotcha. Definitely helps. All right. Well, would you guys want to play Kanjim sometime? <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's not a no. That's not a no. That's not a no. We might <laughs> have you, yeah. dude. The World Championships of Kanjim's in Tonawanda, which is close to Buff. It's right, right next door. What? Hey, hey, yeah, I know facts. I, yes, think it was. Else. Was it invented around here? Maybe I, might I think be so. Wrong. That, that's yeah, probably why. So that's, it's there. that's why. Yeah, Kanjim <laughs> was invented in Buffalo, Tonawanda. I, in the area. I want to say yeah, maybe Tonawanda. <laughs> Interesting. So they Fun invented wings that. and Kanjim. That's right. All you need in the Buffalo Bills. We actually did a like a, a random fact uh, a while ago when we first started the podcast that. Uh, the like creator of Frank's Red Hot. Mm-hmm. Gosh, this could be I, I could be absolutely absolutely botching this, but so the creator of Frank's Red Hot, his name was Frank Bellissimo, and he was a key player in like inventing the Buffalo Wing. Is that like true? The sauce Akash? for it. Something the sauce like that. for it. Yeah, that man, dude. It's been. You a mean while like Frank's Red Hot? That. Yeah, yeah. Frank's Red Hot is a key component to the Buffalo Wing sauce. But Frank yep. Bellissimo, <laughs> um, husband of first oh, name no. forgotten. What was her name? Holy crap! Oh, oh dude. I'm so sorry. Um, she was a key player in the, in the she whole. She made story. the wings. She made the wings. So take oh, you a little bit back. Well, she made wings. She's like, I'm Buffalo's god. I'm gonna make this. Is it Teresa? Teresa. Yeah. Did you just look it up? Oh, <laughs> I just looked it up. Fact guy. <laughs> it is Teresa Bellissimo. Uh, Dual monitors. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa Bellissimo. Yeah. So you think they were just playing a game of Can Jam and they were just, or that they invented. They were like, ah, wait, no, no, no. I got it backwards. Ah. They're eating their wings, right? They're eating them. <laughs> Do you think there was ever a point where they were just like, we're done eating wings. What do we do now? We've been practicing throwing frisbee for our ultimate league. I wish we could just play it standing still and somehow <laughs> score points hitting a can. Just throw out a bucket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just jam it in there. They're probably taking like the bones from like the wings they ate, putting on a saucer plate and just tossing in the trash like, "Wait a second. This is convenient and so much simpler than walking it to the trash <laughs> yeah. can." If you also stand there, you can do it too. Back and forth. And let's just cut a slot in the middle for fun <laughs> and see what happens. Gosh, your story is a lot more plausible than mine. Yeah, <laughs> mine was stupid. It, it laid the foundation, though. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, James, before this, you said you had some thoughts that you wanted to share. What, were, oh, what was fresh? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's fresh? What's fr- what's so so? What's fresh in your head? What's going on, man? Like like, who? Good question. Um, 
don't know, man. I got a whole whole jumble of thoughts. Life is life is a lot different these days now with everything going on. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing. It feels yeah. like every day it's like something else is is affected by all the changes we see happening. But yeah, it, uh, did the videography business get hit a little bit by by COVID, yeah, or did I mean, it? Has it like adapted? Like changed somehow? Like like do you still get to do it here and there for like smaller weddings or something? Yeah, pretty much. Um, lost a lot of weddings this year because people postponed or canceled or whatever. And then, yeah, it's, you know, just um, adapting to being like, you know, in New York, um, you can only have gatherings under 50 people right now. So, like, obviously people aren't hosting weddings unless they're smaller. Um, and just, like, being prepared for future weddings now, too. Every couple I talk to, um, you know, I'm just like, all right, well, like, what's your plan if this happens again? <laughs> just so you know, like we're on the same page. Cause when it happens, when it happened this year, it was just, as I'm sure you can imagine, it was just like a rush of like people being like, Oh my God, we're probably going to cancel. What do we do? What is your policy? And you know, this is all new for me. So yeah, it's been, it's been tough to navigate. I can, I can sympathize with, with business owners. Obviously my business is a lot smaller and a lot simpler, but um, yeah, man, it's been, it's been a tough time for sure for businesses and adapting to all this. Absolutely. For you though, it sounds like 2021 is going to be your year though. All those weddings that got Hopefully. canceled in 2020. Yeah. If, <laughs> if it, you know, if the COVID thing disappears come next year, all those weddings from like this current year, they're hitting you up next, you know, come next wedding season. Yeah. That's, that's what everyone keeps talking about. Honestly, it's probably gonna be pretty insane. I know a lot of other vendors that are just like, booked like one and a half times as much as they normally are which is insane because i don't know it's exhausting shooting a lot of weddings but yeah man the the demand for next year is going to be through the roof and i'm actually pretty booked up already as it is so um yeah hopefully hopefully everyone out there has an awesome year next year to make up for this year because it's been been a lot slower yeah no doubt so it's crazy to to pivot from like the wedding and and um the ultimate frisbee stuff. So, what made you want to become like an, a mechanical engineer? Oh, good question. Um, Got to think back a ways. So, actually, it all kind of started in high school. Uh, mm -hmm. I was like, I never really um, was that driven with like college or what I wanted to do. Uh, but I was relatively smart. I took you know like advanced classes, and I enjoyed math and science. I was just like pretty good at those. And um, right out of college, I went to community college, or right out of high school, I went to community college because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I didn't want to take out a ton of loans. My parents really pushed that, you know, like that was a smart idea. So I was like, okay, whatever. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I, I kind of waited to the last second until I picked what I was going to do at, at this community college. And I remember one day my guidance counselor uh, came out to talk to me. And back, back then I was like, it kind of sounded nerdy, but I was like really into origami. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. always building these things out of paper and just like, you know, making these contraptions. And he just like saw this, I don't even remember what it was, some like intricate box or something I'd made when I was bored in study hall or something. And he just like picked it up and threw it at me and was like, be an engineer. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're probably right. So I decided to take a few engineering courses at community college. And I remember my physics professor then was amazing he was just he taught in a way that i could understand like 
you know, classical mechanics and forces and all that stuff really easily. And I was like, well, this stuff is really interesting. So stuck with that, got my engineering degree at community college. And then, um, you know, at, by my first year, I was already like hooked on it. So I started planning everything out. It was like, looked at good schools and that's how I ultimately ended up at RIT. Um, I picked mechanical though, because again, it just kind of had, it pertained mostly to, to most of my interests, which were, you know, like I said, like physics, stuff like that. And, um, aerospace was like kind of interesting to me too, then and it all kind of, I'll kind of just fell together that way. So like what your current job now, like what, um, do you guys build, I guess, for lack of a better term, like I, I am not a mechanical engineer, you know, (laughs) what's, well, what's your background, Nate? I'm a computer science guy. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I actually ended up in uh, consulting as an HVAC engineer. So right now I design um, just like large commercial HVAC systems for uh, larger buildings. So it could be anything as simple as like, you know, putting in a small unit to cool and heat like a little office or uh, I've worked on some projects that were like huge renovations on um, like college buildings so like dorm rooms or like academic buildings so those involve like you know these massive systems of you know a bunch of different hvac units you know throughout different floors serving different rooms with different purposes stuff like that so is that a key system in like uh kind of making things safe for anyone who wants to reopen a business in like the coronavirus days is that is that the actual name of the system that um i don't know filters the air properly i i've heard that there's a requirement uh, yeah. In small businesses that they needed to install one of these systems or else they couldn't, you know, they couldn't open for business again. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure what, um, regulations are from like, you know, state to state or County to County, but a big thing is, um, the filtration of the air now. So there's, um, there's like a standard for filtration or how, uh, what's the right word? Um, I guess like how strong a filter is or how much it filters. Um, so governments have been pushing to have like these higher filtration standards to be um, integrated to existing HVAC units um, in order to filter the air within the spaces better before they reopen. And I know that's a big thing in like, um, I think I saw it was like in malls and shopping centers, basically like high density, high uh, occupancy density places. They really wanna make sure they're filtering the air a lot and also increasing ventilation. So bringing in more outside air and exhausting you know the the nasty nasty uh air that's been cycling through everyone's lungs for for a while so gotcha man yeah so if you yeah. so it's fair to say like if you want that clean air get a hold of you whether sure it's, whether yeah it's i'm through, your guy <laughs> uh you know you guys can you know what you can guys get a hold of us we'll get a hold of james if you're looking for that clean air hvac system we the can cleanest hook you up. of the clean we how about this akash would you you want to try and do an ad read for uh, James's HVAC systems here? Hell yeah, uh, James. Uh, when were you born? What year? Ninety three. Perfect. That rhymes. Okay. So. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, you you like HVAC? You like HVAC? What do we what do we like? Either works. Whatever okay. whatever fits the rhyme. All right. Oh god. Oh, I'm nervous. I don't do this very often, but. No, he does this quite. I often. do this every week. Yeah. All right. uh, <laughs> Watch Can't the wait. magic, James. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no magic. It's just fumbling until I figure out what I want to say. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Have you ever gone into a room and felt, wow, this air is filthy. <laughs> I, I can see particles floating in the air. Well, no longer. Call James Herb and his HVAC system. He'll fix it right up. You got windows that need filters? Boom. Stat, like that's, that's the sound I put in. Yeah. Boom. That's clean. Filtered. You have, you have your room that doesn't have any windows? Boom. He'll drill out a hole for a window? Boom, put a system in. <laughs> Clean. Big or small, he'll cover your needs. James Herb. Dude. COVID. F- Wait, I'm not done. I'm not done. That James Herb. HVAC. COVID free since 93. That's right. HVAC. And that's what I was going for. HVAC. Oh, shit. Everything rhymes. <laughs> Hell yeah, Love James. It. You're going to get a lot of business off that. I can't wait. What's the name of the company? Uh, so I work for IPD Engineering. IPD Engineering, soon to be James Herb Engineering. Incorporated. Uh, incorporated. incorporated, yeah. LLC. Get a hold of us. We'll, we'll contact you directly with James. Can't wait. <laughs> You're ready for the influx <laughs> of, uh, of orders here, James. It's going to be It's going to be, off it's gonna be a busy year. It's going to be a busy year. That's right. The wedding. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're bringing people – with this podcast, we're bringing people together through the dating services – um, <laughs> I forgot about that. And also, air, air we're, filtration. yeah. Also, we're hooking up, hooking them up with great air filtration. So that is all going to come like flying onto your lap, come 2021, 22, 2022. Um, you know, hopefully our newly like, uh, I don't know. Hopefully our new couples, you know, will want to get hitched soon. Uh, so you'll have some weddings to shoot, right? Yep. Some weddings to shoot, some air to filter, (laughs) rooms to cool. Some both both at once. Living the dream. Yeah. (laughs) Very clean wedding. Very clean wedding. (laughs) That that should actually be like your slogan. The cleanest wedding. Clean weddings. (laughs) Clean weddings. (laughs) Or video productions. Clean weddings. Doesn't really flow, but I'll work on it. We can figure (laughs) it out. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, James. Well, we already established that you're out there. Um, just making memories last for all these new couples. You're That's right. Cleaning people's air, as we just said. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? You're you're taking names on the ultimate frisbee field. Trying. Taking souls. <laughs> taking souls. James the Soul yeah. Destroyer. Um, is there anything else that you're like, hey, I I have to say this on the podcast? Is there, do you have any questions for us? Yeah. What do you want to know about us? Oh man. Yeah, we covered covered the big three, like I said. Uh, yeah, what's what uh, what's life out like out in Burlington, Ash? Wow, great I've, question. I haven't talked to you since you moved out there. Yeah, that's true. Um, life out here, it is you know clean, like just like just like your uh, air filtration company. Oh, mm-hmm. it's actually opening up a lot faster than most other places, and that's just because the cases are the lowest in like the country like just state wise like vermont's got pretty much no people so it's kind of okay. hard to have some cases when yeah you nobody's can't spread re- that fast <laughs> exactly <laughs> and but burlington's one of the few cities that actually has like a decent population it i guess it's just a little different because i moved out here pretty much when the covid like stuff started spiking so it was kind wow. of a tough transition it yeah it, it, it definitely <laughs> did suck it's a tough transition yeah. to get you know situated into like my new home you know 
and not really be able to like go out do the things that i would normally do to meet people and just kind of spend my time but what i did like right before everything started spiking i actually joined an indoor league out here so i have a little community that like a a good group of people that I actually hang out with now and it's 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 fun man it's it's a cool area it's, it's awesome small little city where you know if i want to be in the city i can just walk walk a mile down the road just kind of get all the bars shops um it's right near the waterfront and then if i want to get away from that city action just you know like get into like the mountains get like kind of like hike a little bit literally a mile or two down the road and i'm i'm out so i get a Dude, little bit of both. amazing so it, it's pretty fun I'm, I'm enjoying it out here yeah yeah i love that uh the combination of like city life but nearby wilderness just kind of quick access to get in the way sounds really cool yeah and I, I'm, a, I'm a big like outdoorsy person to begin with and i saw that you were shooting a bunch of like stuff from like was it you chris and sauce that went on like yeah the backpacking trip yeah you... yeah yeah we're up in the adirondacks this summer oh yeah, so you yeah that was cool really video cool. on that yeah yeah you're probably not too far from the adirondacks are you burlington uh, it depends where you're looking, but if you're closer to like Lake Champlain side, like uh, mm-hmm. like the eastern side of New York, yeah, probably not that far, like two hours. Okay, yeah, a lot closer than me. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we went on a trip to kind of elaborate. Uh, um, we went on a trip in August, and we were um, <clears throat> we were gonna meet up with Connor. So the three of us were gonna start on one side of a mountain one day. And then hike over it and meet him at camp on the other side. But little did we know that you actually are required to carry bear canisters in the wilderness area that we were hiking in. If you're staying overnight, I don't, I don't know if you know what those are, but it's uh, this like little contraption to store your food in overnight so bears can't get into it, eat your food, and like try and steal human food. So <laughs> we uh, <clears throat> we started our hike on the, the morning that they were supposed to meet him. Got stopped by a forest ranger and they're like, "Hey, where's your bear canisters?" And we're like. We didn't know you needed them, so we had to stop, go back, buy some, went back on the trail. This whole time, we're like, oh, we're going to meet Connor. We're going to be really late, but at least, like, we'll get to meet up with him at camp uh, once we finish this hike. And we get to the campsite super late and couldn't find him. Nowhere to be found. We're like, oh, no, we don't have cell phone reception. The nearest hike to cell phone reception is, like, three hours, or, sorry, like, three or four miles. We're like, it was maybe, like, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. We're like, "Uh oh, what do we do? So... Eventually, just like, we just got to set up our tents and go to sleep and try and find him in the morning. And we hiked out all the way to cell phone reception. Finally, it was like almost noon. Turns out, same thing happened to him. He had hiked in that night, set up camp, got busted by a forest ranger. He's like, where's your bear canisters? <laughs> same thing. He's like, I didn't think I needed them. <laughs> like, you got to leave because you don't have one. And he ended up having to walk like four or five miles back out to his car. By the time he got there, it was probably like 1 or 2 a.m. So he just sent it. And he was like, well, I'll just go home now. <laughs> so we never <laughs> met up with him. I felt so bad. But, like, none of us saw it coming, which was kind of a mistake on our parts. But, uh, yeah, so the four-man trip turned into a three-man trip. Still a ton of fun, but miss you, Connor. Yeah, shout yeah out miss Connor. you, Connor, too. I miss you, Connor. Yeah, shout out to Connor. Um, so... <laughs> Is it safe to say that you could start a videography business for backpacking? Because I would love to, but apparently, unfortunately, there's not a ton of people dying to pay me <laughs> thousands of dollars <laughs> to, shoot, to shoot. I think biking. Akash told me he was looking to pay somebody a thousand dollars to follow him around. Yeah. In, in I think wilderness. that's probably what I said. I'd do it, dude. I'd probably come. Akash is trying to get maybe. points on his chase card. 
James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's load up my. Wait, I don't even know that would, how that would help. <laughs> what, what, James, what's your cash James back on is that? satisfied. Or, yeah, what's James is registered back. with Square, Akash. He, he hooks it up to his phone. I've seen it. He showed me before this. He hooks it up to his phone. You swipe your card, and bam, you pay James. It's true. Let's, you know what, James? Let's set, let's set that up and let's get this uh, <laughs> let's get this wilderness uh, videography company do going. It. I don't really Real know. Talk, if, like, yeah, again, how how dope would that be? Like, if you went on a backpacking trip to have like a sweet like, um, I don't know, highlight reel of. The stuff yeah, you did. That'd, be, that'd be so fun dream come true honestly there's actually there's a few people because i'm always like look if i want to like look up gear or like look up a trail i want to hike i always check like search on youtube and stuff and there are some people who actually do it for a living kind of they don't make highlights but they like review hiking gear and like review trails they go on and they make enough money to do it full time and i'm just like yeah that would be really fun yeah so All right. This is this trail I hiked, and this is how it was, and this is what I used, and you can buy this 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 backpack in the description, and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sweet. All right. Here's the master plan. Um. So James, we're gonna start this business for you. We interviewed a guy named Ryan Miller in the past. That is pretty much the area's uh, small business connoisseur, and he helps like right. people start these businesses for the benefit of the community. What we're going to do is we're going to go in there. We're going to Shark Tank pitch this idea and to show him who, like, we're going to have at the helm for the content. We're going to show him your wedding videos. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be like, dude, none of these are the wilderness. What are you talking about? (laughs) But he's going to be like, but then we're going to say, look at this great moment. He captured it perfectly. How can you not invest in this? Look at this bride. Imagine if she was a mountain. <laughs> a mountain Duh. with a backpack. Yeah. Yes. Gosh, what are you thinking? I'm I'm thinking that this is pretty much gold because sure we have in, intense moments, intense close-ups. You know, one tear trickling down <laughs> the face no. of you know Nate and whoever the bride and groom. I gotta are. write this we have, down. We have to superimpose Nate into every single shot just so that Ryan Miller knows that we're associated with it. It's kind of like our like watermark on your like work. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, similar, yeah. similar, but just to kind of like put our names out there too. And granted, our relationship with Ryan right now, we're zero for one on pitching ideas. So he he thinks we have no great ideas. <laughs> so we we got a good start. <laughs> we got a good start. Pitch yeah. James um, a little bit of broom service, just a tiny uh, bit. I, I don't. I don't Room think service. Uh, it, okay, it's it's pretty much an app. <laughs> I already like it. Like, I'm sold. <laughs> well, he really didn't, but it's pretty much. Ryan an Miller app was where... not having it. He, he was absolutely. <laughs> he called it demonstrably the worst idea he's ever heard. Sounds pretty terrible. <laughs> Which is why you'd probably love it because the Spudsters okay. do that <laughs> style of work. But it, it was just an app, you know. Like sometimes you want to clean your house, but you just don't have the equipment aka broom you're just too lazy you don't want to go to the store and you just want it done well what if you just clicked a button and someone just deliver a broom to you you know <laughs> literally for <a> 99 cents <laughs> and you can you can get broom yourself service. a broom and you get broom service and you know oh it rolls off God. the tongue it rolls off the tongue and if you want you know the person to clean your house you could do a subscription based service where you know for like Two easy installments of five ninety nine a month, and you Subscribe can get. Subscribe and save. Yeah, exactly. And they could just come in, That's and they'll, they'll have like thirty minute window. Just 
sweep i guess sweeping your house which really does not take that much effort (laughs) (laughs) it's the service you never thought you needed oh but pretty much yourself anyways that's true it's pretty much a diy but they're like hey do you want a diy while i give you this room or do you want me to diy for you save so much space by not storing a broom yeah you don't want to you don't want to store brooms in your closet because if if you're like me you don't have that much space in your closet to begin with because there's other junk in it that you forgot to clean so where's the broom gonna go (laughs) who wants to store a broom because i'm not gonna clean it i'm not gonna sweep it with my broom all that maintenance you got to do on your broom no one wants to do that yeah so pretty much doordash for brooms uh broom service will sweep you off your feet and he oh my it, god that, it didn't I hit i mean how could you say it. no <laughs> that's Dude, what i'm saying we say that's yes the line. we, say, we no. say yes we say yes we're still pushing forward with it we're in the beta build of it so <laughs> okay <laughs> <The> beta build. <laughs> <laughs> we oh pretty much have god. the name so no it's rights. locked in stone then. So James, all right, sounds I'm like in. we're starting this sister company off of your wedding videography business. Um, so, LLC. Yep, absolutely. LLC. So what's the name of your videography business? Before we close things off, what's the name of your wedding business? Herb Video Productions. Herb Video Pretty Productions. Simple. You got Just a website, Instagram handle, I do. cash app. I got all those things. What else? <laughs> Venmo. No. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Instagram's just at Herb Video Productions if you want to follow along. I usually post like little clips of my weddings if you're interested. And then, um, yeah, all my full wedding films are on my YouTube channel too. So check those out if you're interested. Cool, absolutely. We'll post that stuff all over our stuff. For some awesome. reason, every time I, every time I go to like um, spread people's Instagram or, you know, YouTube channel, whatever it is, I always say first – I'm going to put their stuff on our stuff. That's just what comes rules naturally off the tongue. Stuff on stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The stuff's going on our stuff. We'll, we're going to get you, like we said, all the different uh, clientele that we're going to have uh, linked together through our dating services. Um, and the broom service. And the broom service. We got that locked down. We're going to play some ultimate in the future. I'm in. I stink, but I'm in. Can Jam. We'll start with Can Jam. We'll start with Can Jam. Jam Worlds. <laughs> Can Jam will eat some wings too. Uh, I think that that's that sounds like a good plan. Uh, sounds so, like an awesome awesome date. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. We're getting we're getting moving with the dating thing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it was awesome having you on, James. It was cool getting to know you. Like Akash has mentioned, yeah. you like a met like. So many times just because, you know, we, we try to have people on the show that it's like, hey, who 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 could we have on that has impacted us in a way that, you know, when listeners listen, they'll get to know us, but also through knowing them, they've impacted us as well. So it's like a double bono, man. So you were you were yeah. an awesome guest. So it was, it was awesome that uh, like you were able to to lock Akash into staying at RIT because that honestly without you this podcast doesn't happen that is true I know that's that's so awesome man I'm so glad so glad you stayed for me (laughs) only for you man only for the human gerbil (laughs) only for gerbil essences that's right I'll never forget hell yeah man well James thanks so much for coming on I hope we can do it again yeah thanks so much guys this is awesome